When you can understand what each member of your family needs and you can make others aware that these are the needs of your family members, then you can have an environment that is supportive in the best way humanly possible of everyone. Is your child's challenging behavior leaving you feeling exhausted, defeated, and hopeless? You are not alone. And I want you to know you are not a failure and your child is not broken. Welcome to Calm the Chaos Parenting, the podcast for parents raising strong-willed, highly sensitive, or neurodivergent children. I'm Dana Abraham, parenting expert, and I have helped hundreds of thousands of families just like yours. Each week, I'll share simple science-backed solutions to help you feel more grounded, in tune, and deeply connected to your child, no matter what challenge you face. Start your journey from surviving to thriving as a family at calmthechaospodcast.com. We are going to be diving into the big wide world of ADHD today. Oh boy. Yeah. We're going to be talking about our journey with it, my journey with it, you know, our journey with helping other parents who have kids who've been diagnosed or undiagnosed um, ADHD, you know, are showing some of the challenges. I'm going to do my best to not make squirrel jokes the whole time. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be some squirrely jokes here and there, but we're going to try really hard. Um, so I we were talking before we started the episode and we were talking about how we feel this is the first of many episodes around ADHD and around this topic because there's yeah, and when I asked on um, on Facebook and when I asked in our community for questions, I mean, they just poured in. And so we can't obviously in this small segment be able to address all of it. Well, you know, it's fascinating because for the first five episodes, I'm like fairly certain you wrote down every word we were going to say, and it was all like super detailed and planned out. And then the next seven or so was like, here's like the big points we want to make. And this episode literally is like the ups and downs of your brain because like literally just says our story challenges. There's no <laughs> other words on the outline here, right? There's some there's some questions further down that our audience gave us or our community gave us. And then there's some stories that we can share later. But yeah, it is it is, is a really good indication so, or example, know, a good example of so the ADHD brain. Part of the the gift that you have is you have this tremendous ability to dive very deeply, very intensely for like short periods of time and sometimes like longer period of time, but still relatively short. And it's it's how we built our business, right? Sort of these sprint style, like we're focusing on this one thing for, you know, till it gets done. I can do anything you ask me to do for a short amount of time, even if I hate it. But so long periods of time, even if I love it. That, that gift of like intense focus mm -hmm. uh, is pretty amazing. Uh, and even to the point of what I would say, like ignoring the world around you, whether that's the dog who's barking to go out or like, you know, your kid who's like, mom, mommy, mom, you know, like it's part of how your brain works. Tuning it out, man. Yeah. Whereas like, I don't have that ability to do that. I can do the deep work and yeah. the focus, but the dog barking to go out, I say, oh, okay, I got to let the dog out. But you can also come back to things that need to be done week in, week out, over time, year after year, like paying bills. Sure. That is true, right? So there is like the bill paying part of it. 
But on the flip side, you sit in the content creator role, like in our in our business. And sometimes we're like, so about that content that's due. And you're like, nope, brain, no worky. You it's know? Just, it can't, I can't access it. So I think that's kind of where we're at today is yeah. like, you know, okay, I know we have this podcast to record, but brain, no worky. I think it's- We could just talk. Right. So I think what it is, it's not that brain's not working. It's that I have so many different avenues this could go down. Because I'm seeing like a myriad of different roads that this could follow. And so I'm like, which one do I want to take? I don't know. I can't choose. And so I think that is why we've decided to just have a very informal conversation about ADHD, our journey with it, some of the common challenges, how to apply the framework to ADHD challenges and um, and see where it takes us from there. Yeah. And even this morning, you met with uh, somebody who's helping us create like a roadmap course for our Conquer and Thrive program. And there's been a couple of questions in the group that are just said, hey, what do you think about this? You know, and it's just radio silence from you. And then at this point, we know that when that happens, we just need to get you on to like an, a, a meeting or like an in-person thing. So you met with her this morning and got clear on it. And you even said like, there was radio silence because I had 14 different ideas. And how was I going to respond to well, that? We had to one? map it out. We had to, like, I had to see it. I'm such a visual person and I had to talk it out and I had to map it out. And I can't do that over responding on a text thread. And so when I go radio silent, it's usually because, you know, I've got ideas in my head and I just don't know the right direction to answer. And so that is what happened today. We mapped out a whole bunch and I was like, that was what was in my head, but I couldn't see it or articulate it in the beginning. The beginning of the conversation when I got on with her, you weren't awake yet, but it was so messy. I was just looking at a blank screen. I was like, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know where we're headed. I don't know how we're putting this information together. I was like, um, let's start with a blank screen. And so I got out a blank Google Doc and I just started writing words, hoping that something would start to to mold and shift. And what you saw was a very like put together, thought out. A lot of people will see my end product. And they're like, you don't have ADHD. You're super organized. I'm like, oh, you have no idea. Like, you know, I this is a big part is I honestly, for the longest time, had no idea that I had an ADHD brain. I had some inkling as I got older, but growing up, I just thought I was somehow broken. Something was wrong with me. I didn't understand. Like, I loved the idea of reading, but I didn't read a book until I was a junior in college. I still graduated with honors, with a 4.3 grade point average, and got a full scholarship to college. But I was a junior in college before I read my first book front to back. I mean, that is mind-blowing to me that I just wrote a 350-page book. Um, and I remember at one point you were like, maybe don't tell people that you didn't read until you are, you know, you're an author and, you know, maybe don't tell people that you didn't read books. And, you know, I think once I realized that I didn't read, not because something was wrong with me or because I was trying to cheat the system, but because I would read one page and I would read it over and over and over again. And by the time I got to the bottom of the page, I'd forget what I had read at the top of the page. And it's the same with conversations. We'll be talking and I'll go, wait, what did you say at the beginning of the conversation? Like I've already forgotten the beginning of the conversation. And now knowing that I'm not broken, that's part of how my brain works and creating systems around it has really opened up the world to me and in our relationship and in our business to be able to 
utilize the gifts, the talents, the strengths that come with an ADHD brain that, you know, has also these challenges. Well, sure. And and the ultimate reality is that Calm the Chaos wouldn't exist, right? Like all the resources on Lemon Lime Adventures wouldn't exist. Super Kids Guide wouldn't exist. Yeah. And Sensory Processing wouldn't exist. Yeah. And you have to allow and accept all of that, like bad stuff, quote, quote unquote, unquote, bad stuff. But hopefully all of the stuff balances out. And when you can accept that this is how your brain works and create systems and processes around how your brain works to support you, hopefully you don't go down the rabbit trail of I'm broken or something's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. And if you're raising a child who is hitting markers or um, kind of the bullet points on the, the red flag list of ADHD, and you're starting to wonder what's wrong with your child or you're worried about your child, I want to give you a little bit of hope as an adult with ADHD that it's not some sort of sentence that means that your child can't be successful. There are so many successful people in the world who have an ADHD brain, who think differently, who are wired differently, and it's just part of who they are. And if we can start looking at ADHD as part of who you are and almost erase the D part of it, right? And and instead focus just on, yeah, your brain, it goes 90 to nothing sometimes and it hyper focuses and you get fidgety and you are a really high quick start. You can jump into something like really easily. You can pivot on a dime, like you can problem solve like nobody's business. You're super creative. Like if we can focus on those parts and then help our children and help those around us create systems for the parts that make life hard, then we cannot just make it feel more tolerable for those around us, but we can thrive. And I think that's important too. not just fitting in, but but creating systems so that we can be who we are and we can accept the parts of us that are just socially acceptable. They're not the things that most people want to have as a quality. Right. They're harder to swallow. Right. Like like it's they're harder to integrate into your life. You know, whatever the nice version yeah. of what we're trying to say is like, you guys have to understand the intention yeah. of what we're saying. Don't get tripped up on like whatever yeah. words you choose to get offended by. Our goal here is what I'm trying to say is our goal is not to say if you have ADHD or your child has ADHD, we want to teach you strategies so that they can survive in this world that doesn't understand ADHD and they can fit in and be more, quote unquote, normal. Instead, it's we want to help them survive and thrive in this world that doesn't understand ADHD by being who they are, all parts of them. I think that's part of my bigger goal and why is, right, it's not just we don't understand ADHD. It's like we don't understand anything that's different. If it's not the same, let's let's separate and let's differentiate and let's put you in the corner over there. And I'm not about that. No. Like I really... I would love to craft a reality, a world for me that is more about oneness and togetherness and how we're more connected than we are separated. Yeah. And our mission is to create a more accepting and compassionate world, one child, one person at a time. And take that um, that mission, that knowing as we go forward today and know that we're just humans, right? And we might say some things that might be a little off. They might not be the perfect science. This is our journey. That's what this uh, episode's all about and our experience with it. So let's talk a little bit about one of the biggest questions that 
came up was, how do I know if it's just my kid being a kid or they have a disability? How do I know if my kid is just being, quote unquote, defiant or they have ADHD? I mean, there were so many variations to, is it this or is it that? What would you say about this? Is it that or is it this uh, question? Because it was kind of what I was picked on. You had said, I almost wish it was ADH and and not the last D, right? But there is a point where the symptoms or signs or whatever the, the things we've lumped together that make up ADHD, they do interrupt your life and it makes it very difficult for you to integrate into society. Yeah. And there are different solutions and different and modalities. Integrate into society, but also just live your day-to-day life. Like just as a small example, like I have anxiety and I have struggled with depression in the past and I use a medication that helps me with that. And by taking that medication, it allows me to access all of this growth and inner work work that I've been doing. And if I didn't have that and I've reduced it over time and, you know, I'm down to like a really small dosage, but that helps me and there's nothing wrong with taking medication. But what allowed me to do that is there are these these red flags. There are these very clear markers that say, if you are perseverating on your thoughts, if you are worried about these things, right? And so there are some of those common challenges that you or your child might be having with ADHD that might require or might be helped by a diagnosis. I don't know that they ever require diagnosis unless you're trying to get a medication, unless you're trying to get a certain support. If your child is in the public school system, you need a diagnosis because the school won't won't touch you with a 10-foot pole if you don't have a diagnosis that inhibits their learning abilities. And so they won't give you an IEP, which is an individualized education plan or a 504 with accommodations. And so you need you need that. And so th- there is a lot of space for the quote unquote disability. But to me, I think there's still room for us to n- for it to not be a disability and to instead it be a I think a diagnosis is still fine of like, here's what's going on. Here's how you can understand what's going on. Here's the lump of these things. And then also don't get stuck in this diagnosis. This is not the end all be all about everything your child is. The piece I want to key in on there is, you know, for you in your journey, the medication that you're on allows you to access like a greater range of emotions and people and like you're able to show up differently each day that feels a little bit more true to who you are and who you want to yeah. be. And I think that's what I was getting at is for our oldest who who struggles uh, pretty, pretty heavily or, you know, for the last X amount of years has struggled. The medications that he takes help regulate him so he can access those tools. So they're yeah. super important. Whereas like our, our middle guy, who definitely has signs of ADHD. In a very uh, different way. He a- has like the executive functioning struggles. He has the auditory processing that goes with it. The um, struggle with processing information, the remembering of facts and a lot of that, like the long term attention to like a project or to. But again, that's that executive functioning yeah. piece. But he has absolutely zero hyperactivity. And for him... He's able to integrate into his life and show up in a way that feels 
pretty good. Mm-hmm. Now, I think on the tail end of that, he does yeah. suffer from the negative thoughts and the maybe I'm broken and yeah. what does that mean about And I me? think that a lot of that comes more from his dyslexia. Um, sure. Where there's, so he's got a couple things going on there um, and his learning stuff there. But I think for him, what we're trying to say is like our oldest couldn't navigate his day-to-day life from the moment he woke up to the time he went to sleep if he didn't have some sort of ADHD supports. And in this case, it is a medicine. We've done all sorts of things. We've done, you know, essential oils. We've done, you know, probiotics and gut stuff. We've done um, chiropractic work. We've done, you know, you name it, we've done it and tried it. And and the thing that works consistently over time for him is, and we've gone through multiple medications, is using this one liquid medication. And it really does help him. We we don't even have discussions in the morning unless he's had his meds. And he'll even say, oh, I haven't had my meds yet. And, and so because he'll want to get into a conversation and he just doesn't have any reasoning when he doesn't like he doesn't have like he's not able to reason with you. He's not able to have like a back and forth conversation. It's just like, let's get the answer right this minute. You know, he might walk around without any clothes on like he just doesn't have any of that self-awareness until he takes his medication to help him with his ADHD. Yeah. So this is this is an interesting piece. So let's kind of like bring it back to like the common challenges. Yeah. Now, I remember watching this video and I and I wish I like saved it or kept it somewhere, but I, I can't find it. So if you guys find this video circulating on YouTube, you know, please send it to me. And the video was a a visual and it was a, a you know typical brain and they had a person talking and they had kind of like a circle around that person. So they're like in kind of a bubble and the typical video portion, the person who was talking had like a very large bubble and then there was like a dog barking and it was kind of a tiny bubble and like the mailman was walking and someone was mowing the lawn, you know, like just like some outside noises, birds were chirping. All of those were kind of tiny bubbles. And the focus was on this large bubble. And it was very like when they kind of removed the people, it was just bubbles. It was like, okay, the large bubble gets the attention. And in the second half of the video, they said, well, let's, let's try to experience, you know, kind of what an ADHD brain uh, experiences in a day. And the person was talking and they had just like a medium sized bubble and then the dog was barking and it was the exact same medium bubble. And then the the lawnmower was the same bubble and the bird chirping. I just want to say facts like this is my life. Like, how have I never seen this? Like sometimes we're recording an episode and he's over there and like we're recording something and he's over there just like chewing ice. And I'm like, can you not please like. Why are you chewing ice? They're going to hear it. He's like, they're not going to hear it. And I'm like, I hear it. Like, that's enough. But I'm in the corner just angrily chewing my ice. <laughs> and then he's like, why do I have to stop chewing my ice? And I'm like, because it is so doggone loud in my ears. And it's not even the sensory aspect. It is that attention. It pulls it in so many different places. Yeah. So in the in the case of, you know, our oldest in the morning when his brain is coming online, he has something in his mind that he wants to accomplish. Yeah. But there are 42 different thoughts competing in his brain with the same equality. So there is no like getting to the point and having a rational discussion because everything comes out of the woodworks. Because there is no 
weighted reality limiter. of like this is the focus. There's no there's yeah, no limiter. Like a limiter. There's almost no limiter. And you know, and whether whether I'm taking medication for ADHD or anxiety, I do believe that my medication for my anxiety helps with my some like symptoms, quote unquote, or struggles of ADHD. Okay, so here here's what I'm trying to say is um let's go back to the discussion of how do I know if it's my kid being a kid or if my kid has a disability or if well, I need to get a diagnosis? Hold, hold on. Hold on. I'm actually going to answer your question. I do think it helps because it allows your brain to focus less on those negative thought yes. monsters that are popping up in your head. So you're giving yourself more available resources. Yes. It's not that it helps your symptoms directly, but it no. frees up more of your brain space. A hundred percent. Because otherwise I can get so bogged down in that the sadness, the depression, the, yeah, thoughts, okay. the anxiety, the I'm with you. thoughts, right? I take it back. It does. Um, it, it just, it does. It frees up space. It free, frees up bandwidth so that I can, it's that limiter, right? It frees up the space so that I can think about the things that matter most. I still like my husband reaction of like, I don't think it does. I don't think it does. Those yeah. socks on the floor tell me it does. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. Dana here. And guess what? My book, Calm the Chaos, has officially launched. So if you enjoy the podcast and find the stuff we're sharing valuable, I'm 100% sure you're going to love the book. You can get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you use this link, you'll also get some special bonuses. So once again, the link is calmthechaosbook.com. Thanks. I hope you're enjoying the show. So Okay, so let's talk about kid, common challenges. You know, well, not common challenges, but how do I know if it's a kid versus a diagnosis? I think you kind of hit that pretty good. It's like it's in impeding your day-to-day activities in, in a very big way. And you also hit the fact that like on some levels, it doesn't matter. Yes. Right. So depending on the discussion that we're having, right, if you're trying to get resources at your local school or, you know, get him supports, you know, via the government programs, it matters. having the diagnosis, having the disability, having the disorder, whatever you want to call it, that is very helpful and is something that you're going to probably want and need to get those services in order and to probably get the assistance you need. It can also be helpful to have a a bucket that I fit in, right? Yeah, a absolutely. place I belong, right? I know that when I started realizing that who I am and what I am and has something to do with the way that my brain is wired it, and that there were other people, it was like... It's like a sigh of relief, like, wait a second, I am not alone here and I'm not an anomaly. There's a lot of us out there and especially a lot of us girls who were raised in like the 70s, 80s, 90s, who were completely undiagnosed, went under the radar um, because we used that hyper focus to please others. And, And I saw a really funny post the other day about how so many of us that were like undiagnosed girls growing up somehow then went into jobs that require us to care for others and have really good executive functioning. Here I am running a business and like, I've got to have really good executive functioning and I have piss poor executive functioning. But like a lot of us do it. It's a really common theme. And so having that bucket of belonging is also really important. So if you're concerned you have a right to be concerned. You are an expert in your own child. And so if you are concerned about your child for a reason, then by all means, like get an assessment if you can. Do an online assessment if you have to. If you're not needing supports from the school, go to the school. If you live in the United States, especially go to the school, 
write it in writing in an email that says, I have concerns about my child. I would like to start the testing process. And they have to follow through on that. There were a lot of the questions were about long wait list and about not being able to get in for assessments. And it's like, use the resources around you. There are some free resources. The schools can help you. Even if you're homeschooling, you can use your local school. You can go to the school and say, I'd like to be a non-attending school for IEP services and I'd like to get my kid tested. And you have those rights, especially here in the United States. I obviously don't know about IEP rights around the world. But right now, I want you to know if you're feeling that pull, that that intuition that something feels a little off, something is difficult, something is a challenge beyond just everyday challenges, or it is everyday challenges, trust that instinct and lead down the path to go learn more about ADHD to learn more about your child. And then on the flip side, we also believe that it's not the diagnosis that tells you everything about your child. You can get a diagnosis and they're not going to give you a roadmap on what to do. And that's actually why we created Calm the Chaos is so that parents can be armed and teachers and therapists can be armed with a roadmap and a toolkit that works for their individual child. And so I encourage you, if this is your first episode you're watching, go back to the very beginning, listen about the Calm the Chaos framework, listen about the roadmap, um, grab the book. We walk through everything in there. And it's a deep understanding of your kid for who they are, whether they have a diagnosis or not. And we use the framework to kind of navigate with my son, myself, you know, our relationships. And we've helped a ton of parents who have kids with or without a diagnosis as well. And, you know, in those scenarios of, you know, I'm waitlisted, I'm waiting for services or I'm waiting people to get back to us. You know, I'm sure that happens here in the U.S. I, I hear a lot of it like with countries that have sort of like centralized healthcare systems. I do also know that this feels sort of generic and I almost don't want to say it, but squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? Like when you can actively be in people's faces and advocating yeah. for what you and your child need and putting the story in front of them of what it looks like to exist, you know, with this, you know, like your set of circumstances goes a long way in moving the needle. And there is definitely bias and uh, privilege and all that stuff goes into effect, especially when you're dealing with a marginalized community. And so squeaky wheel can get you in trouble. It can get your kid taken away from you. It can get all those things. And so, you know, I, I totally hear you. And if that's you. That's what I'm saying. I almost don't want to say it. But yeah. at the same time, like, I want you guys to have a voice yeah. and not be afraid to use it, I yeah. think is what I'm trying to say. I, I totally hear you. I don't want you to just like sign a list and then like hope it happens. Right. And that's where I would lean into resources. There are a lot of resources out there. On the internet, there are a lot of great um, communities just like ours. Um, if you're looking for one, we are an I think we have a, an amazing community and I love our Calm the Chaos framework, but there are others out there. And so you don't have to rely on the medical system if that is a dangerous place for you to enter. Sure. And what's interesting is, you know, the person who submitted this question said, you know, I feel like I should have been documenting everything that ever happened, you know, in the last 10 years of my kid's life. Yes. Now, 
she, <laughs> like a part of me feels like yes yes start now like so, start documenting so in a way like have the journal on the side that says these things are happening these are what's happening in my life because it is helpful now we had an interesting situation where like you were going through a divorce and there was all this like mediation and you were writing things down and then we found how helpful it was and we just kept writing things down and yeah. we had the journal of wins and and like things that were struggles uh, so it is kind of a like, yeah, it's really helpful to write stuff down. Well, and it's part of our framework and the understanding piece when we talk about understanding patterns and figuring out what's working and what's not working. It's not all or nothing. We talk about really journaling those and tracking what is happening and incidents that are happening because we truly believe you are the expert in your kid. And so the more information you can have, the the better, the more it can help you um, in the long run. Sure. But I do want to talk about a couple because it is a question that, again, it's the same question, right? Is like, what are some of these common characteristics that we might be on the lookout for? And before we go into those, I just want to also say here at Calm the Chaos, we don't believe that any behavior is just behavior. We don't believe that it's just defiance, right? Um, we believe all behavior is communication and it's telling you something. And I don't believe that the behavior is necessarily because of a diagnosis. I think that you have common traits that fit. The diagnosis has this grouping of behaviors that go together and these commonalities, and that's how it became a diagnosis. But at the core, all behavior is happening because some need is not being met. When I am distracted, it might be because I don't feel safe. It might be because I don't have the skills. It might be that I don't feel connected to myself or to others. It might be that I'm in sensory overwhelm, right? There's so many reasons. There's these needs under the surface as to what's causing the behavior. And I don't want to just pass it off as like, oh, that's ADHD, um, because then that leaves me feeling like I have no control over it. Does that make sense? Like it. It's like parents who are like, well, my kid is so hyperactive. He jumps on the furniture. He does this. He does that. And he's like, he's ADHD and you can't solve it. And I'm like, OK, yes, he has ADHD or he is ADHD, whichever way you he chooses to be described. But he's jumping on the furniture. Why is he jumping on the furniture? He has an unmet sensory need or he doesn't feel safe or he's overexcited or he's wanting connection or he's lacking self control or self-regulation skills. The ADHD is just this this like umbrella, but we still have to dive under to find out why the behavior is happening. Otherwise, we we let go of any sort of agency. Like we lose our agency. We lose our our like our ability to affect our own life. And I just don't I don't think that that's the way that it works. OK, so I had to get that caveat out of the way. Let's talk about a couple of common challenges, um, like things to be looking for. So I would say some of the most common that you see that are kind of classic are the low impulse control, meaning they make a decision, you know, zero to 100. They're constantly touching things, always into things. This is that hyperactive part, right? Like they're always on the go. They're the wild kids. They're jumping off of things. They're super risky, like taking big risks. But I wouldn't say that that's all the ADHD challenges, right? You can also have the opposite where you have a very quiet and peaceful child, but yet they're struggling to turn in their homework. They're struggling to 
get their shoes on in the morning. They're struggling to follow through on things. And you feel like it's just because they don't want to. You feel like it's because you're like, damn, they're not motivated to do anything. Like it feels like they can't start projects or end projects. They feel kind of disorganized, but they may not be extremely hyper. They might actually be really quiet. And you may have a mix in there, right? So what are some of the things that you would say were really and are still challenging characteristics that we see with our students, with me, with our son? I'm not really sure. I can only just picture a guy who loves sub sandwiches and then he's subdued. Subdued. I've been thinking about that for like 30 seconds. Like he's got long hair. It's We're talking about me having an ADHD brain? At this point in my journey... Okay, you have a behavior that's happening. Awesome. Great. Like, what are we going to do to address that? Is there a lagging skill? How can we boost them up? I think that's why I let you talk. I know some phenomenal resources and we'll get our podcast people to link some great resources for common challenges or some checklist for ADHD. And we will link them in the show notes. Another question that we have gotten is how do I manage my family's needs when I've got maybe like one or two people who are in direct like conflict or direct opposite of whatever the the other two people are having? Right. And so there are some examples in here, like if you've got a kid or an adult who requires vocal stimming or any stimming in that matter, like I, you know, might be bouncing my leg or fidgeting or I do I do a lot of skin picking. I touch things a lot and it bothers my dog. Because she is so sensitive to noise. So she'll be hugging on me and she's like, I can hear you scratching. And it really bothers her. I also am kind of a loud person. And he does not like, he's very sensitive to noise. Um, And he'll be like, why are you being so loud? I'm like, I'm not being loud. I'm totally just being normal. It's actually the worst part about being on camera with you because I have to sit so close to you that it like, it's giving me a headache. But I I promise he loves me. I do it for you guys. Not for me. What would you say? Because we have this. We have those competing needs in our own house. We see it with children that we help all the time and parents that we help. What would you advise if a parent was coming to us on a coaching call and they said, we are having conflicting needs? What should we do? When you can understand what your family needs, what each member of your family needs, and you can make others aware that these are the needs of your family members and this is what they require to feel safe or successful, then you can have an environment that is supportive in the best way humanly possible of everyone. Yeah. Like just for example, our oldest had his 18th birthday and he was like, I want to go bowling. And we were like... <laughs> Okay, then. Yeah. The kid who does not like noise or people. Or people. Or smells. Yeah, really, (laughs) probably bowling, too. But this is what he he wants. He does like the idea. He's always liked the idea of bowling. But he's always sought out things that he hates, like nine out of 10 of the things, but he really likes that thing. Yeah. Now, uh, (laughs) at this moment, he has a girlfriend and she couldn't make it because she was busy until 5 p.m. So normally when we go bowling, it's pretty early in the day. Like it's like family friendly. It's not like the raucous, like drunk crowd who are bowling and singing songs. It's not all all 80 lanes full of people. It's not all the lanes full. So 
we had some dinner. We went to the bowling alley and we walked in and it was like, whoa, disaster. It was really loud. There were lots of people. It was a 45 minute wait for an at least a 45 minute. They couldn't even tell me. They were like, I don't know. They could all choose to play all night. And I'm like, OK, just give me a, an idea. How long does it usually take to get through three people on the wait list? And he was like, I don't know, 45 minutes. And I was like, OK. <laughs> yeah. So as a family, we all chose to walk back to the car together to like go back. It was like 104 degrees outside. So we went back to the car to like get back into the cool where it wasn't super loud and we could think. And on the way back, uh, my oldest was explaining, well, we can't stay in there. Right. My dad and my sister are very sensitive to noise and there's no way they could survive in there. Now, he can... oh, that's what he explained to his girlfriend. No, no. Those were not his <laughs> words. He had much different words, but that's what he was trying to say. But he didn't say I couldn't stay in there. He glossed over <laughs> the fact that he was like, oh, my God, this is the worst place on earth. Why did I choose this? So we got back in the car. We discussed a few other options and none of them really met the requirements of all of our kids yeah. or me, honestly, either. And the the group like almost unanimously, almost unanimously decided to just go home yeah. and hang out. Yeah. And then everyone was kind of happy and did their own thing. Now, the caveat here is almost. Now, we had one child who was very excited to bowl and was like he really was into so it. Excited. And he was really disappointed. You could so, see it. But he loves to make people happy. So he would have never expressed that sadness. Yeah. So Dana happened to catch it. And so I walked in his room and said, hey. It kind of looked like you were looking forward to that. What if I took you and your friends to bowling this week? Can you make that happen? And he was like, yeah, I'd actually really like that. And he's Thanks. super excited. And you guys are going today. Yeah. And, and, you know, it was hilarious because he's like, okay, like I've got four friends. Like, is that too many? And I was like, no, I think that'll be good for bowling. You know, like four or five people. That's cool. And then there was like no details. And I'm kind of just letting him like do his thing. And then he's like, well, what else do we need? I was like, well, where are you going? You know, like. Who's going? You solved that one. Like yeah. where, what, how, yeah. you know, like the, the five, the YW questions. Um, so in that instance, you can see, right, we had a plan, you know, as parents, we were kind of like, well, I don't know how that's going to work. Right. And then we tried to do the plan. We realized this environment doesn't support us as a family, right? No one's going to be happy here or very few people are going to be happy. Let's go ahead and leave. We'll come up with a new plan. Yeah. Right. And you know, I don't know if we're going to replan something for our oldest. He didn't see. I asked him and he didn't, he didn't care. Seem, yeah, he didn't seem to care. No. But our middle did. Our middle did. Right? So we're planning something for him. And then our youngest didn't because she's on crutches right now. And it was too loud for her as well. So well, even and even in the conversation of what we were going to do, she was like, well, I want to go see this movie. And everyone's like, oh, we'll see that. But it we wasn't were already clean. too late for the movie. It, it, we were too late for the movie. Yeah. So we're planning on seeing the movie with her. Right. Yeah. So like it didn't work out. But Everyone's still super yeah. happy. Everyone supported each other. Everyone understood. And even the oldest, who is yeah. the most clueless that other people exist in the world, was advocating for his sister yeah. and her needs. And I think that that's the biggest part when you're first starting on this journey, or even if you've been on this journey for a while with having a kid with ADHD, a partner with ADHD, you yourself have ADHD, 
is really looking at this from that holistic view. We teach the Calm the Chaos framework, which is you connect, understand, empower. And Jason just talked a lot about the empowerment piece, making plans together and getting everyone's buy-in and talking about it together. He talked about the understanding piece of understanding each other's needs. Obviously, this didn't all happen on one day. This is something we've been building over time. And that connection piece, us being really connected and trusting with each other. But the piece that's so important that we haven't really talked about is the you piece. And it's for me, it was easy to slip into the, oh, we can't even have a birthday like a normal family, right? Like, why can't we go do anything fun? Why can't we just go to do bowling? Why can't we go to, you know, the fireworks? And like, it wasn't fun. It wasn't. It wasn't fun. And it was torture. But you get. You get these ideas in your head, these pictures in your head. It was our son's 18th birthday. And here all we did was hang out at the house. And there was a part of me that had that comparison for a second. And it's the very real human aspect of me where I like just kind of lost myself and let those thoughts take over for a moment. That you piece of accepting this is who our family is. This is what my family needs. This is who I am. This is what I need is so important. And, you know, I think we could give you a million strategies for helping you or or your child with ADHD. But the one thing that I want you to walk away from with on this call or on this podcast is the acceptance. Having ADHD, being diagnosed with ADHD does not change who you or your child are. You are exactly the same person as you were before your diagnosis as you are after the diagnosis. Your child is no different before than after. It just is more information that you can use to create tools that work, to create plans that work, to create an environment where each of you can thrive. And so the more that you can accept that, the more that you can see it as this is just who we are. Now let's create systems and supports that help each member of our family thrive, then you're you're on the right track. So I think I think that kind of like sums up my thoughts on like just this. We've talked a lot about our journey. We talked a lot about my journey myself and with my son. And I know there were a lot of questions about how to get diagnosed. There were a lot of questions about what are tools, what are supports. And I think that those are all things that we can do in future episodes. And we're actually going to be kind of talking about our journey with different diagnoses over the next couple of episodes. The next one, we're going to be talking about our journey with autism, and then we're going to be talking about our journey with sensory processing. And so I think we're going to delve in a lot of it kind of overlaps. Someone was like, can you make a Venn diagram? And so I do think a lot of it overlaps with each other. Some of the questions were the same that we were getting. Um, It's called UQ. And yeah, we've made a Venn diagram. We have made a Venn diagram. It is our Calm the Chaos framework because it works with your unique situation and it builds off your knowledge, your hard won knowledge, your experience, your background, and it couples it with best practices and the latest science in, you know, neurodiversity and communication and relationships and child development. And so it makes it easier to move forward. And so if you've enjoyed this episode, if you have gained some insight, felt like you felt at home a little bit, then I invite you to go over to calmthechaosbook.com and actually grab a copy of the Calm the Chaos book because we walk you through exactly how to understand your kid, 
especially a kid who you're concerned with their behaviors, you're concerned that they're not fitting in the quote unquote normal realm, they're outside of the box, um, and you're dealing with some extra challenges, this is the book for you to help you feel empowered and to help your kid feel empowered. Any final thoughts from you on if they're concerned, worried, raising a child with an ADHD diagnosis or possible diagnosis? Follow your gut, right? Trust your instincts Mm -hmm. as a parent, right? If something doesn't feel right to you, start figuring that out, right? Start going down that rabbit hole, start asking questions, right? Start doing a little like due diligence or deep diving or whatever D word comes out next. And, you know, just kind of go for it and trust that that nudge, that instinct that you have that says, I think there can be a better way. Mm, I love that. And I just want to remind everyone that's listening, you are not failing. You're exactly the parent that your child needs and your child is exactly who they're designed to be. So with that, we will see you guys in the next episode. Be sure to like, subscribe, follow, listen, download all the things. And we will see you in the next episode. Bye, guys. Oh, and before I go, one quick note for all of you who are enjoying the podcast. My new book is officially live, and I know you're going to love it. So just a quick reminder, you can go get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you do, you'll get some cool bonuses as well. Once again, get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com, and I'll see you next week.